0: Five, four, three, two, one. Lift off at of the ninth. Falcon Top nine, please, Falcon 9 clear
1: Hi, I'm Mark Boucher, and this is the Space Cube Podcast. This podcast was to have aired last week. However, the announcement by the Prime Minister of Canada that his government was committing over $2 billion that will see Canada participate in the NASA-led Lunar Gateway Program, along with funding for new technologies related to the moon, meant that we bumped the podcast a week. In its place, we had an interview with Innovation, Science and Economic Development Minister Baines, who oversees the Canadian Space Agency. Now, events are unfolding again with a big announcement expected this week, likely tomorrow, news that SpaceQ broke. That announcement is the long-expected new Canadian space strategy. It's important to note, we only know a portion of what will be in the new space strategy, that being the moon as the highest funded priority. And for this podcast, one of the interesting topics we'll be keeping an eye on going forward is the growing interest at the provincial level in supporting the space program. With the current events in mind, we've decided to publish this podcast today as opposed to our regular Thursday. Why? The news tomorrow will have an effect on the topic that's being discussed. This podcast was recorded on February 13. My guest this week is the Honorable Jean Charest, a former federal cabinet minister, leader of the Federal Progressive Conservative Party, and former Liberal Premier of Quebec. Monsieur Charest was hired by the Aerospace Industries Association of Canada to chair the Vision 2025 Beyond Our Imagination initiative. That initiative was launched last October to start a new dialogue between industry, government, the public, and other stakeholders. Monsieur Charret and the AIAC have held engagement days in Toronto, Montreal, Winnipeg, Vancouver, and at the time of this conversation in Halifax on February 13th. Monsieur Charest also held private meetings, including with ISED Minister Baines and several provincial ministers and leaders. At the end of the consultations, a report will be issued, which the AIAC will use leading up to the federal election this fall. On a programming note, in the coming weeks, our guests will include Chad Anderson of Space Angels, Pierre-Alexis Jumel, The Moon Race, and Marina Messissian of Honeywell. Listen in. Monsieur Charret, my first question is, why get involved in the Vision 2025 initiative?
0: I believe in this industry I believe I, and I think this industry is intimately connected to uh, the future of the country uh, it's a great story because Canada, given its population you know on paper, should not have this kind of industry because we don 't have an internal market, but we do because uh, after the Second World War in particular, the federal government decided that this would be a legacy industry it's done exceptionally well and it has a brilliant future and we can be part of it if we decide to be part of it and that's what this exercise is about it's really deciding on how much how much of this industry do we want to be a part of and defining and uh, and and that's why i'm doing this that's i just believe in it
1: now, the aerospace sector faces many challenges. How does Vision 2025 fit into the picture as a solution?
0: We, uh, After the super cluster episode, it, it dawned on the industry that we needed to get ourselves organized to look at what we're doing now and, uh, and that maybe a lot of the things we're doing are taken for granted. and and that things are not going to remain the way they are. They're moving very rapidly. So the idea here is a recent, is to invite the country, including, and everyone, the people in the industry and the federal government to develop a common vision, which we don't have now. There is no, if you were to look for it, there's no overarching expression of a vision that says, here's what we see for this industry. The second part is, we now l- need to look at how we support the industry, how and and industry itself. We, you know, quite admittedly, Mark, we're looking at what we need to do first. Those who are the actors in the industry, but then working with both levels of government because this industry is intimately connected to uh, the support of governments. There's not an exception in the world of a, one of these companies who can't operate without some form of support because of the nature of the industry, the long investment cycles, uh, the uh, time and capital required to develop new products to be a supplier all those things are very very important if we're going to be successful and so that's part of it and then we need to work with uh, both levels of government to deal with issues relative to training to uh, to labor to uh, qualifications and then and then move from there
1: now, you've been uh, participating in a bunch of public engagements across the country. Has there been much discussion on the space sector side? And and I ask this because there have been many public engagements to date for the space sector in recent years, or has your discussions yep. mostly focused on the aero-aviation side?
0: We've talked about the space side of it uh, everywhere we've been and admittedly it's not the you know the first issue that we talk about but it's probably the one that attracts uh, the most uh, interest and and excites people a lot because of what it represents it you know it this is the part of the industry that really really makes us dream about the future and of all the things that are possible and canada has a very proud Record and a good story to tell from the Canada arm to where we are now. Now, I attended the uh, aeronautical summit in Ottawa in uh, November. We had the new boss of NASA come and speak to us, and it was a fascinating uh, talk because he talked, he, he related back to us the new mandate that President Trump has given them, to uh put a man made station on the moon within the next ten years to launch to Mars from the moon, and the invitation extended to Canada to be part of that it has been particular in robotics, so we have a t- story to tell there and what I find uh exciting about that part of it is it really speaks to a very young generation of Canadians who just you know love. To, uh, to explore uh, the whole part of uh, the industry that has to do with the, uh, the space.
1: Now, the space sector seems to be on the cusp of an incredible growth phase as small satellites and their related services take off with other initiatives. In the context of the greater aerospace sector in Canada, do you think governments are paying enough attention to the space sector and its potential?
0: I don't think they're doing not now. I'm hoping that will change, and I think that will change, and uh, that Canada will accept the invitation extended by NASA to be an active participant in the uh, Lunar Gateway program. That's what it's called, and uh, and and that we'll take that up. Now you mentioned satellites. There's satellites. There's drones. There's, small small satellites. Uh, small satellites. That's a whole new part relatively new, I should say, the industry that's also very exciting and, uh, and that, that needs to, uh, to, be, uh, to be shown so that people are, are aware of the potential of developing that part of the industry. And uh, so that's, that's also a very exciting part of the agenda. But we need to speak to that. We need to put a light on that.
1: Now, related to, to this last question, should provincial governments play a greater role in the space sector?
0: Training is where they uh, is the place and where they play a, a pretty important role. Probably ninety percent of it, and they're very aware of that they've been, by the way, in our uh, in our travels across the country, they've really been available. And uh, I met with provincial economic development ministers in every province, and this morning here we met with Premier McNeil of Nova Scotia. And, uh, you know, Minister Fitzgibbon showed up at our event in, in Montreal and actually spoke. Uh, and we met with the Minister of Economic Development in Ontario, Manitoba, British Columbia. They've all been uh, available and uh, active participants and engaged. But I would say the training, manpower side is the side that they are uh, are mostly responsible for and they're uh, they're very engaged in their discussions with us on that part of it.
1: Now, you're in Halifax today. There's a local company there called Maritime Launch Services that that wants to open up a spaceport to launch satellites to orbit. What are your thoughts on that?
0: Well, let's go ahead and do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think <that's- laughs> I, I, I don't know a lot about it, Mark. Uh, right. Frank, honestly, I don't. So I, I'm not in a great position to comment on it. The simple fact that they would be here and, and actually putting this forward is uh, is a very positive sign. And you look at the bigger picture of the economy of the Atlantic. This is a big part of the, uh, the economy of Atlantic Canada, which needs that innovation, that needs new projects. And uh, so I would think that uh, uh, here and elsewhere in, in Ottawa, they want to pay a lot of attention to that kind of a project.
1: Now, I just have a couple of questions left. You've now attended public engagements across the country. If you can, what has been the central message you've been hearing?
0: Well, the central message is there is a very broad agreement that we do need a vision. Canada needs to take a moment to look at this industry and give a view of what its future is. And then, consequently... Uh, put in place whatever needs to be put in place to support the industry and that includes uh, support to allow more investment. There's a lot of messages about how it's uh, how the presence and the success of the OMEs is, is key. All the suppliers recognize that if we don't allow the big players to succeed that we need, really need to do everything we can so that the big players are successful because then everything else will fall into place. That's one part of it. The other part of it is on training, where we need uh, we need to do better. We uh, we need to be more flexible. We need to be more nimble in attracting people and young people to the industry, and uh, that's also a message that's been uh, that we've heard in every city we've uh, we visited.
1: The report you'll produce will be widely circulated within government. As someone who has had a prominent role both provincially and federally, how seriously will governments take your report?
0: Well, after being uh, after accepting this mandate, uh, the first call I got was from Minister Baines, uh, who asked to meet. And as a courtesy. Which I was, uh, and I was flattered that he would take the time, and I did. We did meet with him, of course, and uh, they are signaling that they 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 do take this very seriously. And the governments everywhere we've been, as as you, as I mentioned here, we met with the premiers uh, McNeil. I've raised this with Premier Legault in Quebec uh, directly twice in conversations I've had with him and with his ministers, the governments are taking this very, very seriously. And uh, the federal government we know is also uh, taking. So the report is not gonna be a Royal Commission report. It's gonna be a very straightforward report We're going to try to be as operational as possible. And we are targeting the federal election campaign. We've been very transparent about that. This isn't, by the way, we're not aggressive. This isn't hostile. But we are seeking to inspire all three political, main political parties in the campaign to speak to this issue. And once the report will be tabled, the people who are in our industry, from workers to those who work in the financing to those who operate the companies and own them are all going to be uh, wanting to hear from the federal political parties where they stand on this.
1: And uh, when can we expect the report to, to be available? What's the time frame?
0: End of March, beginning of April.
1: Okay. Any final thoughts?
0: We, uh, this has been for me, it's been a real treat to be able to travel through the country and, and to, uh, and you know, it, it just reminds me how great this country is. We're very fortunate to live here. And uh, on issues like this, if we get our act together, and, and I think we will, if we avoid taking things for granted and, and are forward looking, we're going to continue to leave, live in one of the greatest countries in the world. And, the, and this industry is, gonna, is, is part of that.
1: I'd be remiss if I didn't ask this based on what you just said. Would you be interested in running federally again and crossing the country and talking to people and doing all that? I'm sorry,
0: Mark, the line's very, Mark. Line's very bad, Mark. <laughs> Can't hear you. Yes, <laughs> the answer is no. <laughs> but thanks right. for asking. <laughs> all right,
1: Monsieur Charest, have a have a good day. Thank you for your time.
0: Okay, thank you.
1: Well, that's a wrap on this episode of the SpaceQ Podcast. If you like this show, please support us on Patreon. The address is patreon.com spaceq. We really appreciate feedback. And to help us, we ask you consider to write a review on Apple Podcast or Google Play Music if you're so inclined. If you have any comments on this episode, you can email me at podcast at spaceq.ca, or you can post them on our website at spaceq.ca, where you'll find an archive of each episode. If you send me a comment by email, I'll write back to you as soon as I can. On Twitter, you can follow us, at Canada in Space, and if you use Facebook, you can find all our articles and links to the podcast on our page, The Space Q. If you like the show, please subscribe to us through your favorite podcast app.